0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Healthy Distractions, the show with two Marvel fanboys who talk all things Marvel except for when we don't. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And Matt, today we're going to talk about Doctor Strange. We recently rewatched it as we were revisiting all the Marvel movies, and I think we have some interesting retroactive views on it.
1: Especially after seeing Infinity War.
0: Well, right. I mean, seeing this movie after Infinity
1: War puts it in a completely different context for me. I don't know how you feel. When I first saw the movie, I actually wasn't 100% sold. Uh, it was an origin story, but it felt a little forced. It's similar to Black Panther, but Black Panther succeeded where Doctor Strange failed. Black Panther introduced this new world, Wakanda, introduced all the you know the ideology, the backstory of the Black Panther without losing what makes it a really good Marvel movie. Whereas Doctor Strange, they needed to introduce the magic world, which ties into, obviously, the MCU and Time Stone and Infinity Stones. It just kind of fell flat.
0: Well, I like that comparison. I think, like, with Black Panther, what made that so successful was they were definitely introducing the world to Wakanda and to this whole new technology and setting. But that wasn't the focus. The focus was uh, the struggle of T'Challa and actually having a compelling movie around uh, Killmonger and Identity. All those, all these different, like, really uh, sub- substantial things, whereas Doctor Strange, as you were saying, was
1: more about just setting the stage for future things to come. And going back to Black Panther, they had a great cast around them, so it wasn't just about T'Challa, and it wasn't just about Wakanda, it was about Killmonger, like you said, it was about Shuri, it was about Okoye, and all, all of the other characters, aside from Tilda Swinton, there really was no other compelling character in this movie.
0: Uh, even even I didn't think she was that compelling. And she, yeah, I mean they kind of misused her. So you would mention that the movie sort of falls flat in certain areas, and I think that's because it falls into the problems of an, doing an origin movie, especially when you're 15 movies into this whole franchise of doing another origin story. That there's certain beats, they have, beats that they have to hit that were all, that we are already familiar with. As an origin story, I think this is probably like I'm hoping this is the last time they do this kind of movie. I know they have Captain Marvel coming out uh, next year, which is going to be an origin story, but they talked about how they're trying to revamp the structure and how they, and the whole outlay of the whole movie. You know, We've been trained to know when certain beats are going to happen. There's the first act where the heroes sit back, then they get the powers, they learn the powers, then they fight the villain that's just like them. And so this movie, despite you know being a completely different setting and introducing us to magic and how magic works, it still feels, I guess, less magical because we've seen a lot of this before.
1: Knowing what you know now, do you not think an origin story was important for Doctor Strange? Or could they have just maybe done like a quick flash in the first 10-15 minutes of a movie and go from there? I
0: don't know because I was thinking, you know, what's the alternative? And, you know, there's an alternative where they could have done it sort of like The Matrix where it's much more uh, mysterious and then awe-inspiring. But even that doesn't mean they try to copy another reality-bending movie with Inception and that doesn't really work. Uh, I think it leads to what you're saying, though, about how... Because this movie seems like it's just really set up an exposition and trying to explain wizards so that when you see wizards in Infinity War, you're not asking why they're fucking wizards in Infinity War, that his character is more in service of that plot instead of being in service of being a compelling character. That's the thing that I thought was so weird with Infinity War was in that movie, he feels completely essential and really, I mean, essential because of his power set, because of his insight. And then in Doctor Strange, he just feels like he's like Cumberbatch is going through the motions a little bit.
1: Yeah and I don't know if this is just first movie figuring out what kind of role I'm playing as an actor. Almost all of the original origin stories sort of had this problem where the main actor was still kind of awkward in his character. The exception being Robert Downey Jr. and that is probably because Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth they had to come into the role a little bit more. Benedict Cumberbatch, to his credit, in Infinity War, he came into this role and he embraced it. One of the other problems with watching this movie retroactively is is seeing how awesome his powers actually are and how come we didn't get any of that in Doctor Strange, in his solo movie. It's unfair to go back and say, like, oh, you know, it didn't have that much of an impact. But then at the same time, now that we see what the potential was with Infinity War, it's almost like we got a little bit shunted from the true potential of this movie.
0: Right. I think that's also the issue is speaking of his powers in the, in the doctor strange movie magic is really, it's there's a really cool scene with the multiverse that really, I think that was trippy and was totally going for what the movie was pitched as this very psychedelic, weird journey. But that was very much a taste and not the full appetizer, not the full meal. And we see structurally that, like, okay, well, you can really just manifest these few shields and these few weapons. I get it. It's, he's, he's untrained. But once again, like, we've seen 15 of these movies. It's like, why do we need to, like, go through the training wheels, the magic? Like, let's do something magical. And really, that's something that could be really exciting for the audience. And that's why, just to skip ahead a little bit. That's why like, at the end of the movie when there's that post credit scene with Mordo and he takes the guy's powers and he says there should be no more wizards or there's too many wizards. I know they're, they're doing complete sequel baiting and they always picture these things as franchises, but my thing was, but do I really care if this is as far as they're going to take it? Do I really want to see another story like this if that's all they're going to do with these powers, if they're going to constantly limit themselves because they're afraid of how it's going to affect other movies or for whatever reason?
1: Yeah, and even Tilda Swinton, who was the Sorceress Supreme and the Ancient One, when she was fighting, her powers were pretty limited too. Like, she didn't do anything spectacular or amazing. She had shields and little, like, the little sorcerer fans around her arms, which were still cool, don't get me wrong, when seeing it. But really, what they did was just try to mind fuck you in regards to the environment that they were in. I think you said it before. They took a very Inception-like approach for this movie with the scenes and the the awe-inspiring moving cities and moving, you know, weird, trippy shit. But I think it failed in regards to what Inception actually accomplished.
0: Right. I mean, that bothered me as well because I know the hype and the lead-up for the movie, the way they were selling it, was going to be a mindfuck for the audience. Like you haven't seen anything like this before. Unfortunately, we had uh, talking about the what we talked about with the origin stuff. I think with the Inception comparison, the way the reason like, I kind want to dwell on that really quick was because, as you mentioned, with uh, Tilda Swinton with the ancient one when she's folding cities and you see that effect, it's weird because seeing it on a massive scale to me was not numbing, but I just didn't affect me as I think as as much as the filmmakers wanted it to affect the audience. Whereas with Inception, they were using real sets and it was limited and. That movie very much is like a Rube Goldberg machine where it's everything. The, the pieces are constantly moving and it's constantly like you have to keep up with the movie. And because you can't slow down, you can't sort of realize how absurd the whole thing is. And it works. Uh, I mean, the hallway scene in Inception still gets me to this day. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in Doctor Strange, they, on a surface level, they up that to 11 by the folding cities where uh, they're being chased by Cassilius, and he, they, they jump in the building and he punches the building. Like, all that crazy stuff. And like, those crazy visuals. But... I mean, I'm sort of taking out the movie, just saying like, okay, it's just actors on CGI sets, which maybe that's my own hangups, but I think that also is a shortcoming of the film. So expressing my lackluster response to watching the movie again, my question to you is, do you even want to see a sequel?
1: This is tough. I do and I don't. I do because after seeing him in Infinity War and seeing the potential that's there, it's hard for me to say, no, I don't want to see this again. And knowing that we've already had the origin story, they've already introduced magic, and we've seen magic executed on a very fun and exciting scale in Infinity War, I want to see it because he really was the best, or at least the second best character in this new movie. So maybe now that he's got a groove and they kind of have a better idea of what they want to do with the character and his powers and everything, they can focus on that and make a second Doctor Strange moving very compelling. My only concern would be the villains, where they go with the villains. You probably can't bring Dormammu back. That would seem a little bit weird. Well, I think I think it'd be great if,
0: for the sequel, they're fighting this wizard, then just like, but he's not that powerful. There must be some power behind him. And then like, like one character's just like, is it is it Dormammu? It's just Dormammu, right? It's Dormammu. It's okay.
1: <laughs> but on the other hand, I almost don't want to see a sequel because I don't know if... I would really enjoy a solo movie again all that much. Doctor Strange as a character succeeded in Infinity War because he was surrounded by Tony Stark, by Spider-Man, and he had that other powerful character on screen with him clashing and butting heads all the time. So unless we can get something similar to that in a Doctor Strange movie, I really don't know if, if I'm really all that excited for a second Doctor Strange movie.
0: Right, and I think we're actually in a similar situation with Thor, where after The Dark World, and then his subsequent follow-ups in the Avengers movies, I mean, I didn't need another Thor movie, just because, and I think even Chris Hemsworth agreed, like, there's nowhere else to go with this character, and then they brought in Taika Waititi, and the rest is history. So then my other question would be, are they due for a Ragnarok-style reboot, where they trim all the fat, get rid of everything dull from the first movie, and then just sort of focus on making this very mystical and colorful film, for example, in the first Doctor Strange movie, I, I mentioned there's the multiverse scene, which I think is still a really, like, a very effective scene. Like, that, to me, was pushing visual effects, especially seeing it on the big screen, in a really strong direction. I was mystified by that. I guess I'm saying the word mystified. Every time I say it, just, I, I'll put a dollar in, it in the jar or something. <laughs> but basically, if they did a sequel, I'd, I'd want that to be the sequel, where he's in the multiverse trying to save the multiverse, and he's encountering weird, strange
1: settings. Pun intended. <sighs> God damn it. Well, and to that point, (laughs) not to cut you off, it would actually make sense for him to go through the multiverse and see the other universes to maybe figure out what other threats are out there. And that could be the focus of a new movie.
0: Right. This actually just came to me. But thoughts for a sequel is you could basically do Infinity War on a smaller scale where Mordo, at the end of Doctor Strange, he said no more wizards or this powers to is being abused. So he finds out in one of the books in the library that there is a world where you can do a spell. You have to get like a magical orb to wipe out the wizards or take away the power. And Strange has to stop it. So he has, it's like a chase movie through the multi-dimension or the multi-world. I don't know what the emotional through line would be for that
1: character still, but at least as, as a premise, that that could work. That brings in another question. Is Benedict Cumberbatch, expendable. Do you move forward with a different actor? Do you put Doctor Strange on hold for a little while? For Cumberbatch,
0: I'm actually going to come back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, do a flip-flop within the episode because I I think it sounded like I was being harsh on him. I think the first movie just doesn't service his talents very well. As we saw in Infinity War, he can shine when he wants to shine. Oh, yeah. he, like, Cumberbatch is, is a bona fide movie star. Um, he has the charisma, he has the talent and the persona and the nuance. So he can do emotional, he can do sarcastic, um, even though his sarcastic persona in Doctor, the first Doctor Strange was a little too forced, mm-hmm. they're definitely leaning on another goatee douchebag like Tony Stark, who gets humbled. I think it goes to what you were saying about, it's really about letting him freestyle as an actor, surrounded by other actors of equal caliber, who can like feed off that chemistry. I mean, I'm going to keep leaning on the Ragnarok comparison, because they're like, well, what if it was the Hulk? The Hulk and Thor have to team up in the strange setting. And that banter between those two characters was so fun and so kinetic and so memorable. And they had a really great rapport with each other. There was conflict and then resolution. And even when he was turned back into Bruce Banner, it was a really I was compelled by what was going on going on on screen. So if they could solve that for the sequel, I think they'd be in good good footing.
1: I think that's fair. And I do like I said. I mean, he was great in Infinity War. So I definitely don't necessarily want to just throw him under the bus and get rid of him right away. With you bringing up Hulk, is there another Marvel character that they could possibly bring into the Doctor Strange movie? Would you bring in Ant-Man since he has access to other verses? Can I throw you a curveball? Yeah. How about Silver Surfer? That would be awesome. If they can actually seal a deal with uh, 20th Century, though.
0: Let's just go on the assumption that if they really want a character, they can get the character. Okay. And... Having that's he's such a weird, it's, once again, it's similar to the Hulk where it's, it'll be a fully CGI realized character, but the personality, it would, it'd be a huge challenge. And I think it'd be a challenge that they're up for. And watching this character, like who has the power cosmic, who's seen, you know, the destruction and the rebirth of the universe, who's sort of like also sort of blas not blase because that's not his personality, but has that sort of cosmic wisdom
1: with strange, maybe challenging him and his own perceptions and sense of self in a new way. Yeah, I would be totally down for Silver Surfer. I think we brought that up before. Silver Surfer is just one of those characters that interests me. I, I don't know him too much about. I know he's powerful. I know he works for Galactus, and I know he had his home world and his family destroyed, Actually, or saved, in re- and in return he would work for Galactus. So that would be great. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that.
0: It's and that also does solve your villain problem because who's more powerful than Dormammu? Galactus. Galactus.
1: I like where your head's at, Jeremy.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Matt, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> the last thing I want to bring up, and this has been bothering me from the get-go, not just with Doctor Strange, but all movies, and even in Infinity War, it was very noticeable, the wig. The <laughs> wigs, I mean, I don't understand, like, like in Ragnarok, the wig just looks so fake. I don't understand why they just can't just use real hair or, I don't know. It just It just sticks out to me.
1: In Ragnarok, it looked a lot worse than in previous movies. Which is so weird. But I think they were just ready to get rid of it. It was almost like, guys, it's going away. Don't worry about it. He's going to... Chris Hemsworth is going to have his real hair.
0: No, no, no. The Doctor Strange's wig in Ragnarok. Oh, even, yeah. even that one little scene, it looked so wiggy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's such a distraction. I will say I've been very negative uh, about this movie, which is weird because...
1: Afterwards, I liked it. I mean, it, it was better than it was better than most of the phase one origin story movies that we saw from Marvel. So I do want to end on a positive note. And the
0: thing that this movie does stand out for me more than the other Marvel movies is the final third act. And I think this was talked about when it first came out, how it felt revolutionary. The fact that the third act was about putting his putting a city back together and he actually outwits the bad guy. And so there's that really good potential there for future sequels of playing with those ideas Like, how do we sort of break conventions instead of having to come down to him finding another magical being uh, with fisticuffs or whatever?
1: I was actually going to end on the same positive note. This was a very unique and cool way to end this movie. That scene with Dormammu alone was better than all the other fight scenes that they had in this movie.
0: It was visually interesting. I mean, that's why I said, like, I like when he goes into the dark dimension, you see this really weird psychedelic setting contrasted with him outwitting this eternal being, which I thought was very exciting.
1: Yeah. On that note, I think that concludes Dr. Strange. Did you have any healthy distractions that you'd like to recommend this week?
0: Uh, The only one I have to recommend this week is a book I just started reading called War and Peace, written by Ronan Farrow. He was one of the writers for The New Yorker that broke the Weinstein case uh really smart guy and the book's about the declining state of the state department and why diplomacy is important it chronicles his time there with trying to end the afghanistan war and all this different stuff but it's it reads like a spy novel it's very very engaging and i super recommend it especially if you're looking for dipping your toes into foreign policy or anything in that uh, area
1: you do not who our audience is right they don't care about politics I don't care about politics. Well, that's a shame. No, I'm just kidding. Because that spoils our next episode, or does it? <laughs> I actually have one as well. I started watching a show on Netflix. It's called The Rain, and I've only two episodes in. It's a pretty post-apocalyptic tale. There's a virus that's killing people. Comes down in the rain, and oh, know, got it. Yeah, they Sorry. they have to uh, they have to figure out. Why is this happening? And they're trying to survive. And these first two episodes, they're just trying to get out of the bunker, trying to survive, stuff like that. So yeah, so far so good. The dubbing is a little meh, but I like it. I'm I'm interested in to keep going. So yeah, it hooked your attention. Got my attention so far. We'll see what happens after the next few episodes. Okay, because
0: if it if it's just the bed at the end, you have to come on this this podcast and refute it. So keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, I have no problem with that.
0: As always, we'd love your feedback. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to our podcast. You can contact us at HealthyDistractionsPodcast at com. Find us on our Facebook group by searching Healthy Distractions on Twitter at health underscore distract. And yes, please tell us if you've had a chance to revisit Strange, what your thoughts were, and would you want to see a sequel? And what would you want to see in that sequel? As always, I've been Jeremy.
1: I've been Matt. Later.